Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Deniro B here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today I'm here with Joel Sandoval. Joel is a CPA and the owner and founder of Sandoval Tax based in Bakersfield, California. Joel has helped countless small businesses with all aspects of their accounting needs and helping business owners save a lot of money on taxes. See, as a remote CEO, your goal is to create a business that fuels your lifestyle. But if you struggle to understand the complexities of your business taxes, you're not going to be able to make the right profits, you're not going to be able to travel as much as you want, and you'll end up missing amazing opportunities to grow your business and enjoy the lifestyle you want. Let's see what Joel has to say about all that. All right, Joel, thanks for being on the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Listen, Joel, as usual, I ask every single one of my um, guests to tell us what they were doing before becoming entrepreneurs and why did you decide to open a business? Yeah, that's great. Um, So I actually... So I'm an accountant. I went to uh, the university here in Bakersfield, California um, to go to school for accounting and, um, you know, work for some public companies, some private companies. And then I kind of read some entrepreneur books. I think the one that kind of sparked my interest uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? That taught me about um, being a business owner and how you can leverage teams and leverage people uh, to grow your business. So that kind of motivated me to kind of just start doing taxes on the side for family members and then um actually that side business started growing so i decided to um quit my full-time job uh, which i was making six figures at the time um to go all in on this tax business so i went from six a six-figure salary to a zero zero uh zero figure salary overnight and so that was Mm. one of the scariest things i ever had to do um Thankfully, I was married. My wife was um, kind of had the one that was a study, had the study paycheck. She was a full-time teacher. Um, but interestingly enough, a couple of weeks after I quit my job, um, she actually, well, we, we found out that she was expecting. And so she's like, hey, you have nine months to make this business work because I'm not going to go back to work once we have our, our baby. And if not, you're going to have to go back and find a job if you don't make it work. So I started cold calling, door knocking, just trying to do any, anything that I could to survive. Um, and thankfully enough, it worked out. So now my, my tax firm is um, myself plus 12 additional employees with most of them being remote. 12 additional employees. I love this story, by the way. And, you know, as usual, I want to bring it back to, to, to you know, the remote CEO core believe in the core why um we we always say your business is your ticket to freedom 
Um, and, and I think you, you really impersonate exactly that. But I want to dive in a bit deeper about the fact that you were telling me even before that the majority of your employees are remote right now. And you were thinking before COVID, I believe, that to, you needed a bigger office, but then you changed your mind. Can you, can you take me through the process of you changing your mind and, and uh, the before and after and how your business is right now? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, you know, I mostly did everything traditional, right? Went to school traditionally. I, didn't, I wasn't born an entrepreneur. So same with <clears throat> the remote environment. So I thought I needed an office. Um, so I currently have an office now. But, you know, with the pandemic, uh, it forced everybody to, you know, kind of be remote and work from home. So uh, we started doing most of our calls through Zoom. Um, some of our team members started working, re you know, remotely from home. And we found out that actually um, my employees were my team members were actually more productive from home. Uh, we were able to actually reduce, you know, our overhead costs. I was, like I mentioned to you was thinking about buying a bigger office because we've actually outgrown our current office building. And I was like, hey, you know what? I don't think I need to buy a bigger office. <clears throat> um, most of my team enjoys working from home. We can do have most of our meetings through, um, you know, through Zoom virtually. And then uh, we can still have a good culture um, by having, you know, meetups once in a while. Um, so it, it's been great. And, I, I, you know, I don't expect to, to go back to uh, an office environment. That's very interesting. And so let's dive in a bit deeper about culture, because the one thing that I always hear from people that are not exposed or they, they, they're kind of afraid of working remotely is how am I going to A, manage my team members and B, create this sense of culture? So, uh, Joel, can you give us a bit of a breakdown between the two, the managing side, how you've been able to keep everyone, you know, working and, and uh, how you build a culture through meetups. Yeah. So uh, we have various ways of doing that. So I would say with the management, um, I meet, um, actually I used to meet weekly, but now I've changed it to twice, once every two weeks with my actual managers. So I'll meet it up with them and it's more of an accountability check um, to say, hey, you know, what work do you have in the pipeline? Um, how's the productivity? Are you actually getting the work out? Uh, and then we also have once a week a Q&A session so that, you know, if they have any questions about any work they're stuck on, um, I'll be available. So everything is scheduled, everything is time blocked. Um, so that allows us to make sure the work's getting done, that they're, they're not stuck with any questions. Um, and then we also have Google chat. So if they want to like, just send me a quick message, they can just, you know, chat with me. And then, um, <clears throat> if we need to hop on a phone call and then we can do that as well, but we haven't been able to just because of our, um, systems that we set in place, which I think is really important. Then as far as the cultures we have, you know, like, um, certain revenue targets that we actually put in our, in our company. And whenever we hit those revenue targets, we all celebrate together. So we've actually, during the course of 2021, we've um, celebrated, we've all gone to a concert together uh, as soon as everything opened up. So we all went to a Bruno Mars concert, which was a lot of fun. And, nice. uh, and we only did that because we hit certain revenue numbers. Um, and they all, it was all paid by the company. We had drinks. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was yeah. all fun. So. You know, I always say to all my coaching clients as well, because I, the, the remote CEO is also a coaching program. I say what you save in overhead for, for rent and whatnot, you can be so creative in the way that you can spend it back into the culture and everything else. I mean, 
you got to also have a team that is remote, but somewhat local to have we meetups that are, you know, uh, at least like even monthly or bi-monthly. Uh, but you can even put together a very cool yearly meeting with people that come from almost all over the world and, and still have the budget to pay for their tickets to fly in and, and, and get them to stay in a hotel possibly. Um, cool. Listen, I wanted to ask you now about uh, the nuts and bolts of your business, because if I have a CPA on, 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 uh, on uh, the podcast, we definitely want to know more about uh, money. So uh, one thing that we always want to know when we build teams, is your best way to hire team members? Let's say I have a business, maybe I have a digital marketing agency and everybody is remote. Um, is there a way for me to structure uh, the team members so that I don't spend too much with taxes, uh, and also give me the pros and cons of a couple of different structures when, when you hire staff members, whether it's full-time, part-time or a contract. Yeah, actually, you know, I, we have a lot of clients that have, uh, virtual teams and I think that's the way most people are hiring nowadays. And, um, you know, one of their, sometimes they have even people working, you know, overseas because, you know, the labor rates, uh, tend to be a little bit less um, in certain countries and they're actually more productive. But if you live in the United States, um, as long as you have proper documentation of your team members and you have basically proof of payment, you have contracts that are set up, you know, put in place to show what they're doing, um, all the payments made to your contractors or your virtual assistants or your virtual team members, that's all 100% deductible. Obviously, if they're a U.S. citizen, and you would want to, depending on the nature of the uh, the contract, then it could be they could be um, treated as a contractor versus an W-2 employee. So that's very important because if you don't pay them correctly, then you could get in trouble with the IRS. So you want to make sure you pay them either as a 1099 or W-2 employee. But either way, it'll be deductible. You just want to make sure you set everything up correctly. Okay. And so this is for uh, a full-time employee or a part-time employee that it's uh, regularly onboarded as, a, as an employee. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And for what concerns, maybe something that it's a bit less, uh, uh, how to say, um, like for, for someone that maybe wants to dip their toe in water and they're still building up a team, would you uh, consider maybe hiring contractors? And if so, what are the difference when it comes to the way that you hire contractors on paper uh, and the ta- ta- taxes? How is that deductible in, the, in, in your taxes at the end of the year? Yeah, so with contractors, you know, obviously it's different um, and it's probably a safer route to go because you only pay them when you need them. Sometimes, you you know, just for contract work, uh, hence the name contractors. Um, All you really need is an invoice from them for whatever, you know, whatever services they provided and then the the payment, the proof of the payment. So either the the wire transfer or the ACH or, uh, you know, it comes down to having a good set of books and records. So, you know, if, if, if they were to come audit your books, you know, do you have proof of payment? Do you have that invoice from that contractor? And if just being organized um, with your numbers is what it comes down to. So if you have good organization skills and you have the receipts and all the supporting documentation to back it up, it's going to be 100% tax deductible. Okay, awesome. And um, is it possible to hire contractors on maybe on a on a uh, on a month to month, but still have them on board maybe for even years to come, like for for years to come, uh, just as a way to basically have a relationship with someone almost like they're your employees, but they're not necessarily in your in your books that way. 
Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, having those, you know, contracts that you're paying month to month where you kind of just use it when you need it. Um, but there is a subscription based model where you're paying them on a monthly basis. That's totally okay. Um, again, you know, if that was the case, you'd probably sign some kind of contract that says this is going to be your monthly payment. Um, and so you just want to make sure you hold on to that. Um, and then obviously the, the payments that are being made, um, you want to make sure you record those um, in an accounting software. So we personally, like, uh, for example, use QuickBooks Online for all of our clients, and it just we were able to generate a profit and loss for them. So as you start to grow your business, it's super important that you have financial statements, good books and records, not only just for record keeping for taxes, but just as you grow in business, you need to, you know, review your metrics, review your numbers, and you know where your money's going. Um, so that way you can make good financial decisions. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, that was very, very enlightening. Now I want to actually talk about something else. I want to switch gears for a minute here. And uh, one of the things that we talk about here at the remote CEOs that we want to see distant lands. We want to spend time with our loved ones. And I know that people may have family out or family and friends outside of the United States or Canada or wherever they may live. And so they want to travel while working. And that's the benefit of owning a remote business. But of course, from a tax perspective, there's going to be some limitations to how much time you spend outside of the country. And even from what I know, but of course, I'm not a CPA here, uh, based on even the business model, some business models um, will allow you to spend more time outside of the country. I don't know if that's true, but can you give us an idea of what people can expect once they are able, you know, financially to, you know, uh, to live, to leave the country, but they still want to cover all their bases. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's one of the benefits, obviously, of being remote is being able to travel and work from anywhere. Right. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to for tax purposes and IRS documentation, what they want, what the IRS wants to see is, you know, was that travel necessary for business? Um, if you're traveling more for pleasure, Hey, I want to go visit this country and just work from there. There was not necessary or necessarily any business reason for that travel, then it's not a, a deductible expense. But hey, I need to go to that city because I'm gonna develop a relationship with a certain contractor or a certain vendor or a certain customer, then that travel does become tax deductible. So you wanna make sure you structure it correctly so where every, everywhere you travel, there's a business reason behind it. And if that is the case, then you just um, are gonna be able to deduct your travel expenses and therefore you know, help you pay less in taxes. That's very, very smart. And for what concerns the amount of time, every country, for example, I know that in Canada, um, in order for you to be uh, considered and, and to pay taxes in Canada, you would have to spend six months plus one day uh, within uh, Canada, within the 365 days um, of your fiscal year. Uh, does the United States have similar rules as well? Or can you spend maybe like even nine, 10 months outside of the country and then come back and still pay the taxes uh, where your, your corporation or your business is, um, is uh, located? So what the United States is based on your citizenship. So wherever your actual residence is located, that, that's going to determine where you're going to end up paying your tax. Um, but any tr business trips, if you end up flying to Canada does, or Europe, doesn't matter which part of the country, um, as long as more than 50% of the time was for business, uh, for a business purpose, then we can deduct that travel expense. Um, but your actual income tax, uh, as long as you're a citizen of the United States, you'll end up paying federal taxes, regardless of where you made the money. 
Okay. Awesome. 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 That's very interesting. And you give us a lot of food to think about, uh, a little thought, food for thought. Um, listen, Joel, I wanted to ask you, what are you doing with your business moving forward? Is there anything exciting you want to share with us? Yes. Yes. Um, so for me, you know, currently, um, I started on this venture of growing my personal brand. Um, so I'm currently just trying to have every business owner, um, in America know who I am. Um, and we've, we've, we've grown our business to a seven figure business, but we've done that without branding. That's been all just advertising word of mouth. So now, uh, if anybody wants to find me, they can find me on Instagram, um, under Joel Sandoval CPA. Um, I give a lot of tax tips on there and they also get to kind of see what I'm out to and also look at my travel and my remote lifestyle. So, um, that's currently what I'm working on and it's been, it's been great. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I'm sure that people will want to find out more about you. Do you have any uh, things online that you can share, maybe like eBooks or any other things like that, that uh, our clients can go and, and grab to, to get the idea of, you know, how to do their taxes or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually on my Instagram, there's a link in my bio where you can get to know more about me and what I do. I do have a newsletter sign up. So we send um, daily newsletters about, you know, tax updates, tax changes, you know, the president is currently, we have a new president this year and how that's going to impact your tax dollars. And so if you want to stay in the loop and just kind of be informed, I would recommend just going to my Instagram and then just clicking, you know, opting into our newsletter. All right. Awesome. And Joe, I want to ask you a question that has nothing to do about business because like I said, here at the remote CEO, we build businesses of fuel lifestyles. So what do you do to manage burnout? Uh, what do you do to keep your life balanced and to enjoy time with your family? And uh, yeah, let us know. Yeah, I think that's, uh, for me, that's very important. I have two daughters at home. So, um, you know, it's interesting on this past Friday, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's four years old, gave me a call. And she's like, hey, dad, I need you to come home and, and not work too late. Um, and so... I think in the balance is very important. And for me, the way I've been able to achieve that is through one, you know, making time for it. Just, just like we make time for appointments, you know, having, a, you know, that time block for family is very important. But, you know, work is overwhelming and, and sometimes it gets in the way. I think it's important to have um, systems and delegation. So if you have systems in place where your team members can work without you and you have people that you can trust and give the work to, you really have the time to do anything. Awesome. Awesome. Joe, it was awesome having you on the show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future if possible. And for the meantime, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.